we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 29 and preview of round 30. This episode is brought to you by Late Season Comebacks, a favorite of college and New England sports fans everywhere. Uh, um, I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by our usual crowd, Simon Thwaites, Jason Wiskovich, and Mike Denton. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, Brad. Good, good. Hello, friends. It's nice to have the gang back together for, for a MLS FI classic episode, I would think we can call this. Yeah, we're just missing, uh, you know. Just missing Travis. Sassy pants guy Sanchez. Uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez. Well, we'll get an update on him in a few episodes, I'd imagine, but we're good to roll tonight, and so let's just kick things off with our review of round 29. How did your teams do? Well, I got 77 points, which wasn't bad. I captained Lodero. That's why I got a not-bad score. The rest of my team was kind of lame. I stayed in third place. Yes, 77 for me as well. I did not have Lodero, um, and... Uh, number three, uh, Simon Thwaites, uh, pushed me to – actually, didn't push me, but he swiftly guided me away from Kaka onto Drogba, which was a much better choice. So thank you, Simon. Hey, I got um, you, bro. And I am uh, hovering around the one, the 180s, 181 right now. So I'm in the same range. I got 75. I captained Drogba thanks to uh, not Simon, but to Andrew, our good friend, who steered me away from Kaká and Piotti. Uh, about 135 overall, I think. So I got like five spots green arrows. So not a whole lot of movement, but at least it wasn't really. Well, I should have had 82, but I only ended up having 71 this round because I was in a hurry to leave to get ready to celebrate my birthday, and I clicked on the wrong Montreal forward to be my captain. So instead of getting a double points of Drogba as a captain, I got double points for Oduro as my captain. Uh, but I still went up in the overall ranks and had a few green arrows, so not bad. I did have Ladero as well as a, a few other guys I had out the door and, and, and Hoberry. So I, I had some point producers on my team, but not I was not pleased when I saw their scores and thought, great, good score. Crap. So that's how that turned out, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, any general thoughts about this round, guys? Lodero is so good. Oh, my God. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. Just like, wow. Guy was like, yeah, he's probably not going to get a goal or assist, and he's still going to be a great captain. And then he did get an assist. Lodero's awesome. I love that guy. Landon Donovan getting a goal, though. You know, it's right after everybody trashed him on this podcast a couple weeks ago saying, oh, it's a bad idea. Don't get Donovan. 
You know, maybe that's the, the secret. I mean, because we all trash New England as well, and they just came out there and rocked it. What happened there? Well, that know. was a series of surprises, a kind of weird results this week in the league. Like, I wasn't surprised that Columbus and Orlando and New England and Montreal had a lot of goals, but I wasn't expecting the visiting crew and revs to be the ones lighting it up. Just kind of a weird week. I mean, I think you could probably put – it's shorter to list our not surprises than actual surprises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Houston over RSL in Rio Tinto. RSL haven't lost a game this entire season. Um, I mean, hell of a toe poke by Alex. But, yeah, this is just an odd weekend. But, I mean, we've been saying it all year because MLS. I have to say, for me, my favorite game was the Colorado-San Jose one because in um, the other little fantasy game that we're playing with the MLS League show, that's the one I predicted to go 0-0, and I ended up getting a score of 86.5 points off of that game alone. So I was I was pleased with, with that <laughs> result. But that's great. Uh, I know, I know. It, it was it was great. I just wish more things had gone my way this round. You're saying, Mike, I think I interrupted you. Oh, I was going to say, well, somebody predicted that uh, Houston would have a good time at uh, RSL. I'm not going to say who on this podcast a few weeks ago. but and It was <laughs> Alex who got the goal. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a good time, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was a uh, – Alex I was in my starting lineup over Quintero. I've been big on Alex and Quintero for – big part of the year budget options um but i feel like i'm about to have like a guy rant like remember last year how he went on the rant right before playoffs how portland don't even deserve to be in playoffs because they're garbage blah 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 that's how i feel about rsl right now are you hoping that works out the same way yes 100 <laughs> percent. go, go ahead and get the quote out now so we can use it for the intro next year <laughs> <sighs> Uh, well, I, think, I think if we, I think if we keep talking about this, we'll quickly get into just fantasy implications. So, what general fantasy advice did you take away from this strange round? Always captain Ladero. Have Ladero in your team. Um, <laughs> and I think Josie. Uh, Josie is. Do we dare say he's a must-have? I know we're gonna have a question about it later, but. His form's amazing. I, I know we have he, – he's going to make a lot of people – I think it's safe to say he's going to make a lot of people have to have some tough decisions towards the end of the season. Except for Guy Sanchez. He will never have a tough decision in regards to Josie Altador. We can't really say that because Josie has been in Guy's lineup. I saw that when I was playing against him in the head-to-head this week, and uh, I was a little shocked. Gasp. Can we insert a gasp sound right here in the podcast? I think that's where that would I think that's where that belongs. Lay gasp. You know things have gone crazy when Guy picks up Josie. Yeah. You do. I I think the biggest question that we're going to have, fantasy advice wise, is one I'm going to have you all hold off on talking about until our, our next section because the biggest news for me is that teams are now starting to completely qualify for the playoffs or be right there on that verge of you just need a few more points and they're going to be in the playoffs. So let's just get your thoughts on that in a second as we move into our housekeeping section. For round 30, everybody's playing again. I I feel like we're just being spoiled by not having to worry about buys or anything. Every team is playing in round 30 and uh, there's no international call-ups or anything strange to deal with now. So everything's in play. But just keep that in mind that we're coming up on round 31 and 32. Which we have double game weeks. We have bye weeks. We have World Cup games coming up. So things will shift around. 
And then, as I mentioned before, teams that have clinched the playoffs. Technically, it's only Dallas so far. Other teams that are very likely to make it in the next couple of games are going to see Toronto, New York Red Bulls, New York City. Congrats, Mike. <laughs> L.A. and Colorado are all right there on that bubble of getting ready to go in. A few more teams are very, very close as well, but those are the ones that look like pretty much set smooth sailing. So the big fantasy question that I want you all, or at least a couple of you, to weigh in on, what can managers expect to start seeing as far as rotations go as we're leading into the playoffs from the team that have clinched a spot? Okay, I need to take this question because this is one I remember we got last year, and this question is like, one that hell of people ask, and you should not be asking because you should know the answer because I'm going to tell it to you right now. You know what people are going to do? They're going to not rest their players. You know why? They want to get the top seeds because then you get a bye or you get a home game. And so maybe, maybe the last week, if people are locked into their spots, that's when they might rest players. And even then, they probably don't because they don't want their players to get rusty. And so, in general, you do not have to worry about rest. What you do have to worry about is if a player has a small inner injury, let's say this Giovanni Dos Santos thing, and the team is, is locked into the playoffs, or this Frank Lampard, like, three- to four-week injury or whatever, do not expect them to come back quickly because a team is never going to risk re-aggravating an injury that could take a player out for the playoffs for something that's relatively small value. So don't worry about rest, but worry about small injuries. Yeah, I think that Simon's right. I mean, most of the teams have something to play for other than maybe the Galaxy because it looks like they're gonna—they're not going to get the number one overall spot. They don't really have a shot. And with the way Colorado and RSL have been, it looks like they're pretty locked into that second spot. But other than that, teams are fighting for a bye to get out of that um, kind of wild card round where it's just one and done match. And, and most other teams are – fighting for a playoff spot, really only Houston is out of it right now. So um, at least for the next few weeks, there's going to be competition that they're not going to be resting players. I would argue with you on the L.A. thing, though. I mean, L.A. is in the second spot by a point, and they're up four points on on, um, RSL. I mean, Colorado has two games in hand on L.A., but, you know, I think L.A. has something to play for. Other than that, I think you're spot on. Well, LA, yeah, I mean, they have something to play for, but they can. What they're gonna, what they're gonna do is what you saw, which is suddenly rest Keen, suddenly rest Dos Santos. They're gonna have a lot more rotation because they have the depth to do it. Because with rotating, they can kind of do enough. Because Colorado has been so bad that they're gonna do enough to get the second spot. Yeah, but see, I, I, LA, I think can get knocked out of that second or third spot within two games. They play at home against Seattle, away at Dallas, have a bye, away at Houston, and home against Dallas. Three out of their next four games are against teams that are doing very well right now and are, are in, in form. And uh, Dallas isn't going to rest anybody, obviously, because they want the supporter shield and they want the number one seed. Um, I think that LA probably has the hardest remaining schedule. Uh, I don't think they're a lock for playoffs whatsoever. And Colorado and RSL, the way they're playing too, garbage. Um, I think that the West is wide open other than the first spot. So I want to just jump in real quick and, and deviate a little bit from fantasy because I'm hearing you guys say a lot about how there is still stuff for people to play for. There, there aren't going to be resting. There aren't going to be rotations. Haven't we had the conversation in the past saying 
oh, isn't it awful that we don't have a traditional table system where with relegation and promotion because there's nothing to play for when you're in the bottom? Maybe that can still be said for those teams below the playoff cut, but it sounds like there's still reason for people to play. Is that the counter argument? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, everyone right now, except for Houston, has a reasonable shot. I mean, Chicago and Columbus are kind of pushing it at the bottom for the East. But, I mean, they've been playing hard. They've been getting tough results. To me, the playoff system does incentivize them to kind of make the late season pushes. Um, you know, I, I think the question of is whether a table or playoffs really is where you have the push. You know, in the Premier League, if you're in the middle of the table and you're not able to get near the Champions League spots or you're not near relegation, then your games kind of don't matter. Um, for MLS, it's kind of the middle – of the table, you know, where the real action is. But I think for both systems, there always ends up being something to play for at the end. It's just a matter of where those teams that are playing for it are. I'm, if you guys are listening to the show tonight, I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Cause I know so much we do always, or especially I know guy and other people have in the past have, have ragged on this system without promotion and relegation. And this really does seem to be one of the more, strong arguments that have been made at least on this show about why this is still viable for <laughs> ensuring quality of play throughout the season or at least in the latter half of the season so i'd love to hear what you all have to think tweet us comment on on reddit send us an email whatever you'd like to say uh this is a fun discussion i'd like to have a little bit more in depth later on with some more people but uh, good answers i hope that it makes you all feel a bit more reassured that you may not have to worry about losing your favorite player just because a team or a coach decides like eh, we got this whatever however there are still plenty of more reasons while you while you may lose a player and mike your injury report is going to cover those right now all right well let's we'll, we'll start off with the geos um first giovinco Last week, you remember, we had all that commotion about he might be coming back, he might be a substitute. Well, he didn't show up in the 18. Um, I think for Giovinco, you don't bring him on until you actually see him. Uh, like I said last week, Toronto has a history of slow, slowly bringing players back from injury. I don't think they're going to be any different from Giovinco. So, um, you know, kind of wait and see until he actually steps on the field before bringing him on. Uh, as far as Giovanni Dos Santos, he missed the starting lineup for, quote, the hip flexor tightness. Uh, it's L.A., so no uh, timetable or updates as far as the severity. Um, Mike McGee had a knock in training. He missed the 18 entirely for the Galaxy. Um, another big one, Frank Lampard re-injured his left calf. That's the same calf injury that he had at the beginning of this year and last year that kept him out for some time. Uh, the timetable has been put at three to four weeks. Um, you're not going to see him for the rest of the regular season, I don't think. Um, Javier Morales trained today with a quad injury, um, he, or coming back from a quad injury. That's the good news for RSL. The bad news is both Yura and Plaza left training for RSL with Knox. So I think one was to the ankle, the other was to the quad. I can't remember which is which. Um, Deleu uh, for Chicago, trained by himself. He is questionable for this weekend. Uh, Goosens is out for New York City's match, or for the match with New York City. Um, Cheneau is out for the Chicago match for New York City. He has some sort of back injury. Clint Dempsey, he was in training last week, but he was not in training either yesterday or today. 
Um, Schmetzer refused to give an update only other than to say he's in Seattle, which kind of sounds ominous. <laughs> so, um, don't expect him to play this week, R31. Uh, Evans for Seattle, uh, he has a back injury and a lingering calf issue, so he's questionable. Um, let's see. On, on to discipline stuff. Uh, Yarrow for Philadelphia got a red card. Uh, Revis for Orlando, he's going to have a yellow card accumulation uh, suspension this week. And then um, Hoberry may be suspended. He wasn't on warning, but I noticed some of the Chicago, uh, excuse me, the Colorado blogs mentioning that he was going to be suspended. And looking at his discipline record, looks like he has six yellow cards, so he should be suspended. But he wasn't on warning last week, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, and hopefully it'll be confirmed. Didn't he get a good behavior or something earlier in the season? Yeah, he got a good behavior, but you can only get one of those. So okay. he should be he – sh- he had a yellow card last week too, so he should have been put on yellow card warning this week, I think, because he would have had five with a good behavior incentive, would have knocked him down to four. So I don't know why he wasn't on warning, but I guess we'll, we'll just have to see if he actually gets suspended or if there's some rule we don't know about that gets him off the hook because MLS. So just kind of keep an eye out on that. And that's and I it. also add a zero to that one as someone who's on a yellow card warning, I believe, because he's got he's got several and he was a cheap guy I was targeting, and I may have to reconsider that as well. Yeah, I, I usually post uh, – I'll link out the link to the disciplinary page uh, on Friday from the MLS Injury News account, and, and I think I'll be putting it into the post on Fantasy Boss. It's just they don't bother updating that until the day before the next match. So you're not going to get that until Friday. Send Mike your love for all the work that he does. Uh, Simon, Jason, anybody else that you want to either comment on or add to this list? No, not really. Negative. Comprehensive and thorough as always. Any other general announcements for housekeeping anybody wants to share? Do, do we want to talk about the international break in 32? Yes, the yes let's do it. Okay. A quick quick preview of it. Yeah, so because we've had some questions about this on, on Twitter, at least I, I have. Um, the international FIFA date doesn't start until October 3rd. Um, round 31 ends on October 2nd. So everybody should be good for round 31. Now, once round 32 starts, it's kind of chaotic. Um, the only game in 32 that takes place during the window is the Colorado-Houston game. So you can count on, like, Timmy Howard to be out for the first half of that double game week. Now, for the other games in 32, they're all after the break, but it's like a day or two after. So, for instance, uh, Uruguay has a match the day before or, or two days before Seattle's match um, in 32. So it's going to be kind of – questionable as to whether or not they'll be able to come back and be fit in time for their MLS match. So the short version is Colorado Houston first game. You're going to miss every other game. It's questionable if you have a player on international duty. So players like uh, Akam, Miram, um, Ladero, Morris, Wondolowski, those guys that, you know, you're kind of familiar with from past international call-ups, they're all going to be a questionable for that match in 32. Excellent news. And of course, before we wrap up the housekeeping section, I have to mention our Patreon site. Thank you so much to everyone who's been joining as we're winding up the season. Uh, it's it's so great to have you guys, members, to help contributing to help make this 
podcast possible, especially we have two more guys who are going to be on the show. But well, one of the guys is going to be on the show, one of our top donors, but two more guys who are going to be joining us before the show starts to ask any kind of fantasy or soccer or just general questions that they want to before we get ready to produce this. That's one of the rewards of being one of our top Patreon contributors uh, besides just the sticker and and the, the pint glass, which is pretty sweet, I might add. Uh, but these are all things that we try to do to give back. Of course, we're going to have rewards for our classic uh, league this year if, with MLS Fantasy Insider. And we were already, in fact, talking before this show, trying to make plans to see what possibilities we may have for our own MLS Fantasy Insider standalone website next season. These are all the things that we have in the works, but we do need some help to make them happen. Uh, we do give our time and money when we can, but anything that you guys are so graciously willing to donate to us helps and goes a long way to continue to make this what we hope is an informative and a fun podcast for everyone who listens. There'll be feedback opportunities near the end of the season because we want to make this something that you want to listen to and it, with hope, something you'd like to even donate to help keep going. And as I always say, I will continue to love you even if you don't donate, but Simon and Jason probably won't. Maybe. I don't know. We might make it part of their contract. We'll see. My love is hard to earn. Like I you got a lot of people in my life who who need hard it. Hard to earn. It just takes three dollars. Well, yeah, you know. Can, my love can be bought. Look, That's my love true. can be bought. Yes. It's hard to earn for free, but you know, you start paying me. Three bucks and I'll do it. You'll All right. A, well, now what everyone's come here for. Well, I hope you're not just here for questions and answers, but for the witty banter. But round thirty questions and player picks. Uh, kicking it off in our keepers and defenders section. We had a lot of questions all over the board today. Some of them were funny. Yes, yes, you bunch of chuckleheads. I enjoy seeing the back and forth banter you put on Reddit. Uh, not everything was related to this, the, the specific positions. So we just picked some of the questions that we like the best and we'll supplement them with anything else that we've heard. So in our keepers and defenders section, you know, the question was asked, if someone still has their wild card, when should they use it? Well, here's the thing for me. It depends on your team. So if you still have your wild card somehow, I mean, and, and you're doing well, good for you. That's impressive. Um, but here's the thing. So we've got this, this big double game week in round 31 coming up. And then we've got this crazy, like, oh, my God, we got this, you know, all these teams on buys in round 32. So if it were me, I'd choose to use it right before round 31 for the double game week, okay? Because then you can have a full team of double game weekers and set yourself up pretty well with some bench players and some double game weekers that'll still be playing in round 32 to have a full team for that week. Um, the flip side is that maybe if you, you know, still have your wild card, you've already set yourself up for this, this double game week pretty well. And if you've done that, then you're like, well, why would I want to use my wild card for that? Then you use it like right before round 32, but that's probably going to be kind of a garbage week because so many teams are on buys and there will probably be rotation. So I think you get more value out of it if you just use it right before round 31. Although if you've listened to this podcast a lot before, you know that I thought the best idea was to use it before, I forget if it was round 28 or 27 that had that massive double game week. Um, and so if you didn't use it then, I don't know what you were thinking, but... Maybe you're doing better than me, although probably not. There's two people who are. Exactly, and they're, who, who is it? Fantasy Footy 24-7 and Mido, maybe? 
Well, if they're both doing better than you, then they listen to this show. So you can't say crazy things like that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's Mido too. So I think they used their wild cards already. We'll see. You should use they your did. wild card. And I agree with you 100%. And I have nothing valuable to add other than to say you were an idiot if you didn't use it in round 28. Oh, oh that's harsh. so mean. Harsh. I just had to say that because I know that's what Mike this was thinking. Is, this is why people uh, are willing to sacrifice you to the, the fantasy. Players. I saw that. That was that was quite rude. <laughs> no, they changed it to guy. It's okay. Okay, good. Screw it. Okay, I, we're friends again then. Whoever, I think it was. Uh, it wasn't supporting Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, jackass. Uh, <laughs> wow, Jason, right. you just threw that guy the bus there. Wow. <laughs> it's so vicious. That's that what happens. You, you leave for a few episodes and, and it just all comes guy, tumbling down. Guy, mm. know, guy knows I love him more than life itself. Oh, wow. Well, um, off the rails here. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, let's let's get back on track. Or did you have something to add, Mike? Uh, yeah, I was going to say I, I would I would use it in 32 if you didn't have it now. Um, if you could try to sit down and plan with all the international duties, there's really no way to take advantage of both 31 and 32. So if you have it now, I would use it in 32 because that way you could load up on Orlando players like Molino or Laren, uh, Toronto players like Moore or Altidore, maybe even Giovinco if he's back. You know, take advantage of those teams and players that people who don't have their wild card aren't going to be able to get. And then not worry about all those people being on international duty in 32 and then load up with eight Houston and Colorado players because you're, you don't have to worry about the week after that. Um, to me, that's going to make the most difference at this point. I mean, I, I agreed with Simon that the best time to use it is probably already passed. But if it's already passed and you have to do with what you make, what you have now, I think the best time to use it is in 32 just to get that difference in 31 and in 32. And just remember, you have a free wild card that everybody will get in round 33. So if you don't use it in 32, well, then you're going to use it in 34 or not at all. But guys, who are you considering as your player picks for keepers and defenders for this round? Honestly, my picks would probably be whoever you have already. And to You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> since I'm not allowed to say that, I'll, I'm going to go with um, Bingham. San Jose's still been pretty stout defensively, and they're at home this week. And um, he's not on a red card. And he's not on a red card anymore. Um, then to round out the defender picks um, – Hoberry, if he's not suspended, and Hairston, because I like Colorado's matchup uh, with Vancouver, because Vancouver's kind of struggled to score. Um, then probably just one of the cheap defenders, um, but I I'm going to make a recommendation to kind of put out there to prepare for uh, round 32. Uh, Raul Rod Rodriguez for Houston, 8.4. He's a little expensive, but he's getting a whole lot of defensive bonus points, and he's a pretty consistent scorer, even without clean sheets. So... Um, take a look at him to kind of bring him on, maybe not for this week, but to kind of stash him to get ready for 32 if you have the transfer. Yeah, um, for me, um, I actually uh, – I like uh, Bingham as well. I think Bingham's a solid pick this week. Um, I also um, – crap, where is it? Uh, Willis. Um, for Houston, uh, he's, he's on my team on my bench, but he'll be starting this week. Uh, but I like Willis this week. Um, I also, 
<clears throat> I like uh, Jones from Seattle. Um, Hoberg from Colorado, barring a yellow card, of course. And then um, I actually also really like Glad uh, for RSL. I know that they're playing at home against Dallas, but Glad has seemed to to get a decent number of bonus points and for his price. Uh, it just seems too good to pass up. I like those picks. Um, my picks are just for goalkeeper Bingham because he seems to be back, which has mm, made me not very happy about owning Tarbell, but oh well. Um, and then for that's for the goalkeeper. For the defense, I like Sterez from L.A., who you probably already have, so that's kind of a lame pick. But, you know, home against the Sounders. The Sounders have not been prolific on offense, even though they've been on pretty good form. Um, and then Harrison from Colorado. I like Colorado's schedule coming up. And, you know, I think he might be having – have he might be a nice player to have because he seems to be playing most of the time and he gets into the attack. I don't really like many of the defenders this week, so I think sometimes when you don't like the defenders, the best choice is to choose an attacking player that happens to be listed as a defender. So there's so my picks. So few this season, too. Mm-hmm. Moving on to midfielders now, uh, an interesting question. Are there any players that you would bring in for round 30 that you know would require you taking a minus four in round 32? It's a very interesting question. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a loaded question since uh, Giovinco was out because when Giovinco comes back and, and is fit to play, that's going to be the question of who to captain. Is it going to be Giovinco or Ladero? Um, with that being said, I think that um, Josie, Giovinco, Drogba, and Ladero are probably the only players that I would pick up now that I would take a negative four to get them out in round 32. But with that being said as well, I think all those players are on a buy. So um, try to work it in such a way that you don't have to take a negative four, maybe save a transfer here or there. Um, but if you were to do that, I think those would be the only four players that you viably could do that since they all have double game weeks in round 31. Yeah, I think Jason's right. That it's a, it's a loaded question. Um, the, the problem for me is, is round 32, when you take a look at it, it's almost like looking at the planet Jakku. It's a total wasteland. You have four matches with a bunch of bad teams. Most of the good fantasy players are on international break. And most of the teams, most of the games involve Colorado or Houston, so they tend to be very low-scoring games. Um, so I don't. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves about talk taking a negative four, but to kind of rework the question, would I prioritize making sure I have a loaded lineup for thirty-one over thirty-two? Absolutely. Uh, I would absolutely if if it means taking a zero in thirty-two or having a negative four. Yeah, I'm going to bring in Josie Altidore because I'm. I think Josie Altidore is going to score a lot more points in a double game week at home than uh, Minotis is going to for Houston, for example. So to me, I would focus on 31 and kind of let the chips fall where they are in 32 because there's really no way to plan 
for both 31 and 32. You're going to have to take um, sacrifices in one of those two weeks unless you have a wild card. So I would say go for 31. That's where the points are and worry about 32 later. I see what you did there. What did I do there, Reed? Trying to trying to bait me. Uh, follow up question <laughs> for that, since since you mentioned this, Jay, are you guys leaving room in your team calculations for the future, just your budget right now, to bring Geo back in? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay, been, I, and we'll I, say I, why in the next in our next section. I'll tell you why in the next section. Okay, just we'll just do this now. Are you guys saving your budget cap space for Geo currently? I, I have the cap space, but I'm not saving it for him. Okay. Simon? Nah, fam. Okay. So let's do our midfielder picks. Okay. So my midfielder picks are Sasha Question. Wow. I just feel like my picks are so lame today because they're so good. I mean, it's like, how do you argue against Sasha Question? He's got <laughs> this great matchup. He's home against Montreal, whose defense, let's be honest, is like, mm, not great. And the Red Bulls look pretty awesome. So, I don't know. How can you pick against Sasha? Um, maybe if you don't already have him, you're like, he doesn't have a double game week next week, so what would I do? Um, kind of like Michael Bradley, too, because he scored a goal last week. Sometimes you want some consistent points, and Michael Bradley, pretty good for that. Plus, he's got that home double game week next week like we were talking about. So, there's a couple of midfield picks for you. Um, if you want one more, I guess, well, who's that guy? Quintero from San Jose is a guy that I'm looking at picking up for my team. Um, just vaguely, I don't really know that much about him other than he seems to be producing some points and he plays in round 32 and he's got a double game week next week and he's cheap, but he only played 57 minutes last week. It looks like so nah, scratch him for my picks. I had him written down as a, as a ahead of time thing, but we're just going with Kleschen and Bradley because they're bosses. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start off with who I thought who Simon was going to go for with a guy named Ladero. Uh, I think he's pretty good. I mean, he scored, what, 13 points with only one assist last week, so he's, he's a must-have. Um, then I, I would hold on to Kaká. Uh, I, I think that double game week is still a good opportunity for them. And, and then to kind of set up for 31 and 32, um, Finley for Columbus – he is one of the few players who is really good. He's the only problem with him. He's not getting 90 minutes consistently, but he seems to be getting more and more time now. So I, I'd roll the dice with him or Miram, but I, I, I like Finley right now. And then um, we've, we've mentioned him before. Alex 5.9 scored a goal this weekend against RSL, which is, as Jason will tell you, is hard to do. Um, he's a really good uh, pick to stash. And then of course, um, you know, if you want to go five, uh, Sasha Kleshen. Yeah, so I'm actually going to give you guys six midfielder picks because I can. Um, I'm going to go with Kaká, Ladero, to set up for uh, 31 and 32. Alex and Quintero. Alex at 5.9. Quintero at 6.4. Great budget options, stash uh, stash options. Wow. Uh, Piatti. Uh, because I think he will blow up this double game week. You heard it here. He will blow up this double game week. And Finley um, is also a fantastic pick. I may take Quintero out for Finley because I like Finley's matchups better. Fair enough. Now moving on to our forward section. Wow. 
Uh, with Josie's current form, would you keep him or switch to Geo when he comes back? I, I would keep Josie because I'm not convinced that Giovinco, even if he does come back, will play with as much time to justify him starting over Josie Altidore right now. Josie's generating tons of chances, getting good looks, getting goals. Um, it, it seems like he's in form. Um, it, it, to me, it's hard to say Giovinco would go over Josie Altidore, especially because you can save more money. I mean, Gio, uh, Josie is under 10, 10 million, so you can go and spend the money elsewhere. So with, with Giovinco's injury concerns, I, I'm not going to – Dump, dump, dump Josie until maybe 33. Cool. Um, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Sorry. That's Perfect. a terrible answer. But, like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. You don't know if Giovinco is going to come back soon or not, so why are you spending time thinking about it? Like, I don't know. Maybe see, like, if he – plays as a sub before you even think about this this is my fantasy strategy i don't think too much about injured players see i think it's, that's the perfect answer though because it gives jason plenty of time to tell us why he is leaving but space no here i i'll tell you what i would do if if i was in your headspace but again i don't know why you want to think about this um i would switch back to giovinco because giovinco takes set pieces sometimes and he takes penalty kicks it has been shown over the course of a fantasy season and a half that Giovinco does really well with Josie. Josie does really well with Giovinco. In fact, why even switch? Maybe just have them both. But if you had to pick one, you got to go with Giovinco because he's on the penalties and the set pieces and stuff like that. And bam, there you go. That's the reason. More potential for points. Although, I don't know. doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue in the near future because, you know, it's probably not coming back for next week. Who knows? Maybe this week, maybe next week. Who knows? It's undefined. That's kind of a lot of money to play around with a player you don't know who's going to play. And then he's got to buy. So I don't know. Why are you worrying about it? Jason? Hello. Well, um, with Josie's current form, would you keep him or switch to Geo when he comes back? Again, that's another loaded question. I would, if you have Josie in your lineup, I would just keep Josie. Um, realistically, Giovinco is not going to play a full 90 minutes for a couple games. Then they have the double game week. Then they have a bye. I think that if he's not in this week, they're probably going to rest him until after the bye because they're not going to want – I mean, may, he may make an appearance one of the double game week games, but I think you just keep Josie. I personally do not have either one, but I have a cap space uh, to bring in Giovinco. Um, I will, my, my transfers are such that I will have two transfers every single week. Um, I'm sorry, three transfers every single week to burn. Um, so if need be, I can bring Josie in or Giovinco. Um, you got Josie, keep him. And, We'll cross that bridge when we hear more news about Giovinco. Fair enough. Second question. Who's the best forward in uh, the sub-10 million price range? 
Okay, so I love this question um, because you probably, I mean, maybe you don't have, you have enough money to afford all these big players, but you gotta, you know, skimp somewhere, right? And there's actually a lot of sub ten million forwards that have double game weeks coming up, and that will play during that bye week. And so some of the ones you gotta consider, of course, are Ola Kamara, which a lot of people have. Um, and so I'd say he's probably the best one, but I also think there's an argument to be made for Jordan Morris if he's not called up. That's this whole other thing. It's like, who's the best one in a vacuum? Like, sub 10 million, Kyle Aaron's the best one. It's not even close. Like, he's just the best player. Is he the best option for fantasy? Because Orlando's kind of sketchy. Mm, who knows? Technically, Plata has the most points of any, you know, sub 10 million forward, but. You know, how good of an option is Plata really when he doesn't have a double game week and has a bye and is, in theory, injured? So if we're talking in the context of fantasy and the upcoming scenarios, I'd take Ola Kamara, and then I'd take Jordan Morris. I actually think Jordan Morris's matchups are maybe a little bit hotter, um, mostly because, well, so you've got Ola Kamara has, his matchups are this week, it's home against New England, then the double game week is away to D.C. and home to fire. That's like, whoo, saucy. And then the next one is in 32 is away to the Chicago fire, which is like, that's a pretty nice schedule, but, you know, Columbus, I don't trust them too much, and there's a couple away games in there. Whereas for the Sounders, I guess it's kind of the same. We got a way to Galaxy this week. Maybe you don't pick up Jordan Morris this week. And then, but if we just think 31 and 32, home to Chicago Fire, away to Vancouver Whitecaps, and then home to Houston Dynamo, two home plus an away game that's not really that far away. And the Sounders tend to, you know, score goals in those away Vancouver games. I think you'd be hard pressed not to not to try Jordan Morris, perhaps. He's been playing very well. So Ola Kamara and Jordan Morris. I'm sorry, that was a really long-winded answer. So make this short and sweet. Um, I do not think Morris is a good pickup. And the reason being is because uh, if you look at his uh, points, he's highly dependent on goal scored. He is not a bonus point machine at all. He scored the goal last week, and I believe it was stoppage time. <clears throat> they netted him five points. He would have had two points in back-to-back weeks. Uh, before that, he scored a goal in Portland. <clears throat> Did he score? Yeah, he scored a goal in Portland. Uh, had one, a two, uh, 7-13, and then a slew of twos and threes. Um, I think that he can be bypassed because of the international break, international call-ups. I think uh, – Considering most people play two or three forwards in order, I think the best players to have are Laren, Ola Kamara. I'm sorry, Laren, Josie, and Ola Kamara are the three best sub-10 forwards that you can have in your lineup. Okay, and sorry, before anyone kills me for not saying Josie, I just figured we'd talked about him so much that you could probably figure that one out for yourselves. Yeah, I was going to mention Josie is technically in this list, but, I mean, we've already talked about him uh, enough. Um, but I, I didn't want to put forth on Ola Kamara's behalf why he, I think he's so good. Um, he has 11 goals so far. His expected goals is 14.44. That means that he actually should have more goals. But even right now, he has a higher expected goals per 96 minutes than anyone in the league, including Giovinco. 
So with a double game week against pretty good opponents, um, I, I think Ola Kamara is pr- pretty hard to overlook based on that. I like Fair the enough. analysis. So who are you so, picking with your forwards? Well, home, but before we go to that, if you could pick Ola Kamara or Giovinco right now, who would you pick? Ola Healthy Giovinco. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Giovinco. I, I apologize. Josie. Josie or or Ola Kamara right now that you would have to leave in your lineup and you know, or possibly take a negative four in round thirty two. Josie. Kamara. Reed? Josie, you can't pass up the double home game in 31. I like that. I like those answers. Are you going to answer it yourself? Yeah, I'm, I want Josie, but my transfer plans are set up such as uh, I would have a set and forget, and it was going to be Morris. But the more I looked into his numbers, the more I didn't want him. And I was going to go towards uh, – I was actually going to get um, Ola – and then I was planning on seeing how the lineups uh, dictate on round 31 to either bring in uh, Josie, Giovinco uh, for Drogba, depending on if he even plays. So it really it's really dependent. But right now, uh, I think I would go with Ola. And Ola, if you're listening, write me back on MLS Fantasy Insider. I need to talk to you and get you on the show. <laughs> okay, well, who are you guys picking for your forwards? Um, my forwards this week are going to be Laren, Drogba, and Ola Kamara. I'm going to say um, Josie, Ola Kamara, and Bradley Wright Phillips. Okay, I've got four. You can't play four forwards, but Josie, yeah. <laughs> Via, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Wanda Lowski. Um, I don't know I love why. Wando. I just have love a that. I just have a feeling about him. So he's got a good good schedule coming up. The ones that I personally will have are Via Drogba and somebody else who I haven't decided on yet, which is probably gonna be Wando, but maybe Ola Kamara. So you can add Ola Kamara to that list. Fine. I have five forward picks. I did. I did. That makes oh, up for your two midfielders. Yeah. I love that Wando pick though. That's he was in my transfer plans to bring in. There's, I just feel like there's so many good, good forwards to bring in this year. It's just it's ridiculous. I know. I want to play them all. <laughs> play them all. Well, do you guys have any other questions that have been asked of you before we get to our captain picks? No, let's pick captains. All right. Well, then do it. Okay. I don't know who my captain is yet. So somebody else <laughs> nice. go first. <laughs> Lame answer. Fantastic. Somebody else go first. I gotta think about it more. You, you're the one, you're the one that pushed it like oh let's go to captains and all right well who's your captain and uh, who's you guys' captain I gotta think about this I'm all, people always text me oh who's your captain Simon I have to tell them but like no you go first probably Ladero I mean why not right uh, I was gonna stay away from Ladero just because they're playing against the Galaxy and they have a decent defense so I was gonna go either Josie or Ola Kamara probably Josie. Okay, I think you guys are crazy. Captain Sasha question. It's a home game against Montreal. <laughs> like, I was just kidding. I knew who my captain is. <laughs> is there a way I can boot Simon from this call? <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a jerk. No. Um, All right, his, well, thank you guys. Go ahead, oh, you had more? His floor is, like, so, so high. 
like Captain Sasha question, please. Or well, don't. if you don't have Sasha, then who would you captain? Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. And if, if you, you don't, don't have, have him, who would you captain? Uh, Josie probably. If you don't have him, who would you captain? Uh, I'd get one of those players. Then I might captain Lodero because of bonus points. Um, <laughs> then, I might captain Lo- then I might captain Lodero. Yeah, Lodero. Uh, yeah, I agree with Mike. Like, I think his matchup's pretty bad. That's why he's fourth on my captain's list. But Your pre-ranked captain's list? My pre-ranked captain's list. Yeah, he had it all worked out. His lowest score is six points in his entire fantasy career so far, which is only seven <laughs> games. But I don't know. It seems pretty safe to me. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you guys for all the picks that you've given. I hope everyone listening finds them somewhat helpful uh, this week. But, uh, yes, it is getting down the crunch time. A lot of things are probably uh, already making themselves apparent to you as who you should pick. But it's nice to have that reassurance that others, especially people like Simon, who are in the top three, uh, are thinking the same way that you are. And now it's time for the community time, my favorite time for the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer. That honor goes to Dan Hutchins, manager of team Oregon Gasm with 109 points. That is an amazing score. Congrats, man. I think he was second or third overall in, in the top scores this round. So good job. Well done. Well done, Dan. And then moving on to the MLS fantasy insider head to head league. Uh, Simon, how did you do? I beat Travis by one point, and he was salty on Twitter. <laughs> so close, so close. Uh, Mike, you had the next game. Yeah, I, I had a close one too, but I lost to Andrew by four points. But at, at least I nipped him in the MLS show league. So. <laughs> 79, 75 with your game. Uh, and then it was older goaler who took on Fantasy Football 24-7 who lost 75 to 89. Tough one, tough one. Uh, Jason, how did your game go? Um, it was going great until I looked at guys lineup and saw Josie in it. Um, I, would, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, I would not have thought that guy would have had Josie in his lineup because I'm like, oh, I'm smashing. It was like 77 to 62. And then, you know, here comes Josie. So yeah, I lost by two points, 77 to 79. And I find it funny how guy has great weeks whenever he plays us, but whenever he plays fantasy footy 24 seven or, uh, or, um, Ivan, you know, he just, Rolls over. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> Collusion. Collusion. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have to have him on the answer for that. Uh, fortunately for me, since I had that uh, bungle of my captain, I did play against my buddy Steve, our taco, so I easily won that game 71-33. to 33. And then Mr. Ben Bear just lost to Ivan Terrible from Fantasy Football first, 72-73. to 73. A lot of close games this round. Uh, this is why I love head-to-head so much, especially when you have a nice competitive league like this is it just it's just nail biters and it's really fun a lot of fun coming up next round i am taking on mr guy sanchez jason is taking on older goaler fantasy football 24 7 is taking on andrew mike is taking on simon big match big match travis is taking on ben bear and then ivan the terrible is taking on my buddy steve congrats man on your win and that brings us to the end of the show for tonight do you all have anything you'd like to plug I like how you put a Z on the end of plugs. Plugs, exactly. <laughs> um, I have a plug. It's not a plug, but a thank you to before the show, I tweeted. I was like, hey, Twitter universe, can you help me decide which blender to buy? And I tweet about like random stuff all the time that I ask for people's opinions on. Wow, people are opinionated on blenders. Like, 
I never thought I'd get that much of a response. I swear it was like 10 different people being like, this blender, no this blender, no this blender, including Mike. So now I have lots of blender <laughs> options. Thanks, fantasy people. It was like you have almost, a front runner? It was almost all MLS fantasy people. Yeah, most people said to get a Vitamix, but they're really expensive. And so I think I found a deal on a good one from Williams Sonoma. They have some sort of like Vitamix promotion on right now, plus a 15% off coupon. And I think that should make it affordable enough. How much do you spend on shoes? Well, we're not going to get into that. Okay. Just don't, the shoes okay. are the shoes and the coats. We can't get into it. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll just just keep that in mind. Mike, Jason. Uh, oh, I, w- I wanted to give kind of a, a shout out to, to one of our friends. Uh, and Ann Chadwick had a baby uh, last week. Yes. Uh, uh, I believe the baby's name is William Johnson Chadwick. So congratulations to them. Uh, happy, happy, many, many happy sleepless nights for them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, for me, um, I apologize. I've been MIA from the uh, a very inconsistent, I should say, this season uh, with my punts articles, uh, with myself having a baby, um, a lot of work obligations. Um, so I apologize about that. Um, I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to get them out this next couple weeks. I just have a lot uh, going on with work, uh, a lot of directors and things of that nature coming into town. Um, and just making sure I put food on my table uh, for my for my baby boy and my uh, beautiful wife. So, uh, yeah, I'll work on that. Um, but, again, thank you guys for being awesome this season, uh, contributing to the podcast, all the Patreon uh, contributors, all the people on Reddit and on MLS Fantasy Boss. Uh, you guys have been awesome and uh, really make this enjoyable for all of us on the podcast and I think uh, all of us just in general. So thank you. High five, friends. Yes, indeed. Well said. Uh, Jason actually had several ideas for ways to make the podcast better. So uh, keep keep listening. We're, we're doing what we can to make it good. Uh, as far as plugs go, be sure to check out MLSFantasyBoss.com and r slash fantasy MLS over at Reddit for all the articles and general chats and rate my teams and, and everything that comes out as we lead up into this game week on the weekend. So check those out. I'll have an article over at MLS Fantasy Official website as well as travis having those posted so there's lots of stuff coming out we're not slacking off for the end of the season and uh, tonight i'm actually going to be posting the form and fixture difficulty charts so lots of things to look forward to that being said thank you so much for listening and good luck